Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are joined by a special guest to talk more about the Tom Brady move. And David gives his thoughts because he decided to play hooky on the biggest news day of the history of this podcast. I think of him, that skinny young man coming down the steps of the old stadium with the pizza box and introducing himself to me and telling me he's the greatest decision this organization has ever made. And, of course, he was fourth on the depth chart. But I think he sure was right. Definitely the greatest the greatest player the, the oldest coach supplanting Tom Coughlin, who was 65 when he beat the Patriots in Super Bowl 46. And there it is. The dynasty continues. With your trusty guys of yeah. Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman, and then Sony Michelle punches it yeah. in to be, make the difference. Everyone's talking that this dynasty was declining. How yeah. satisfying after all the talk, yeah. and this season was this one. You know, it was an unbelievable year. You know, probably, you know, we just we fought through it more so than anything, and it's unbelievable to, to win this game. You fought down here to try and reach everyone, to give them that hug. Why was it so important, though, to you? I mean, we've we've been this far and lost, which is really tough. And, uh, you know, we just, I think we had a lot of resolve the last couple weeks, and I wish we'd have played a little better on offense, but, you know, we won. I can't believe it. It's, you know, Super Bowl champs. So. All week you've talked about you want to keep playing. You want to play till you're 45. You just won your sixth I know. Super Bowl. I know. Does that change anything at all? It doesn't change anything. I'm gonna. I can't wait to just spend some time with my family and my kids and my wife and just. Uh, I couldn't do it without their support and uh, it's just been a, been a great year. I'm so happy for my teammates. You know this is this is this is all said and done. Time runs out. The Titans take out the defending champions. Just want to see the reaction here as Brady walks off the field. Will he ever step foot on Gillette turf again? Greatest career ever. Combination of him and Bill Belichick unmatched before. I doubt you'll ever see it again. Everybody's uh, situation on the team is different. There are no two that are exactly the same. So, but the future is the future for all of them, just like it is for Tom and anybody else you want to bring up. And certainly Tom's, you know, an iconic figure in this organization. And nobody respects Tom more than I do. I don't want to get too much into the future and stuff. I mean, this team has fought hard. You know, we battled every day. We tried to get better. We worked hard to improve. And, um, you know, it's proud to be a part of this team. Not only this year, but every year. And, um, you know, I, again, I just don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I'm not going to predict it. And uh, no one needs to make choices at this point. And, um, you know, I love playing football. I love playing for this team. I love playing for this team for two decades and, and winning a lot of games. And, um, again, I just I don't know what it looks like moving forward. So we'll just take it day by day. We know by now what happened in 2015. We had Winston go one, Mariota go two, and now both of those franchises trying to figure out what to do at quarterback, including the Buccaneers, where Jameis Winston's coming off a fantastic year when you look at the yards, 5,100 yards. When you look at the touchdowns, 33 touchdowns, the interceptions, that is kind of a different story, and that is why Bruce Arians, who sits with me live now on NFL Now in Indianapolis, has a decision to make, but... Hi there. You said just now on the podium, you haven't made it yet. No, we have a plan. We're just not telling anybody. Okay. <laughs> what, what else do you need to see or know? Oh, nothing. I'm so you've made up your mind. Yeah, yeah. We, we're pretty, pretty close. Mm -hmm. We know what we're going to do. And uh, we still just got to see who else is available. Uh, because you have to do your due diligence. You don't really know who's available until the tags come out and all that stuff. If there's a guy really on the market. Does Jameis know that you know? No. Okay. You want to tell you look at the camera and tell him. No, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> Text him. You, you, you said before about door number two. Who's behind door number two? Well, that's the thing. You see all these names. You've never seen a quarterback market 
with like, Tom Brady. And we have breaking news on free agency frenzy, and this is a blockbuster as Tom Brady, six-time Super Bowl champion, tweeting out he is leaving the Patriots and officially becomes a free agent at 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Three-time AP MVP, six-time Super Bowl champion. He has decided to officially leave. My understanding is that former Patriots quarterback Tom Brady has an agreement in principle to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as their... You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison and Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, at BaileyJAdams22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We're going to kick this episode off with a voicemail because we have about 74 of them. And... uh you know, it's it's from longtime caller, good friend of the show, our buddy Tyler from Boston. What's up, boys? It's Tyler from Boston coming to you from the the land formerly known as the land of Brady. Um, I've been hearing a lot of reports that suggest, especially in Bucks Nation, that suggest that Tom could be signing with the Bucks uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, so it's pretty interesting, and it's very. Uh, I don't know. I'm a guess. I was always on the side that I didn't want a 42 year old quarterback, especially for however much money he was asking. But uh, was just going to give you guys a report on how the New England fans are feeling because I am on the front lines up here. Uh, a lot of them are saying, you know, kind of good riddance. I suppose. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that. I think it's mostly just you know they don't know how to, you know, really process the information. I think they're more or less just saying, hey, let's just go into the draft, and a lot of them are really kind of skeptical about Belichick's um, draft, like his history in the draft as far as quarterbacks go, so um, it looks like Teddy Bridgewater's going to Carolina with Tom going to the Bucks. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> they're kind of in a state of panic. They don't think that Stidham is, is ready. A lot of them don't think that Stidham is ready. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if Tom signs with the Bucks. I mean, I'm not a Tom Brady fan per se, but go Bucks. I hope it works out. And uh yeah, maybe you guys need to get on with the locked on Patriots to talk about some Tom Brady. You know what, Tyler? This is our show. And I don't really appreciate you telling us who we should or should not have on. Okay? We we will decide who the guests are that we are going to speak to regarding whatever the topic du jour is. With that being said, please welcome on the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, Mike DeBate. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me on today. Much appreciated. And uh, I'd be lying if I said I was looking forward to talking some Brady to the Bucks, but uh, I am looking forward to speaking with you gentlemen on the subject. So uh, always great to be here. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we're uh, we're happy to have you on. Of course, this is going to probably dominate our airwaves here for the foreseeable future. But, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, for those that may not know, what what exactly are the Bucks getting in somebody like Tom Brady? Uh, well, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, you're getting the greatest quarterback of all time. Six Super Bowl titles, four Super Bowl MVPs, three MVPs. Uh, it's everybody can look up Tom Brady's resume on Wikipedia and they can see the type of player that you're getting. What I think Bucks fans would be pleasantly surprised to find out is you're getting someone with an impeccable work ethic, a unending drive to succeed and not just to succeed, but to be the best and someone that's always going to act in accordance with exactly what you expect from your franchise in the years that I've covered Tom Brady up here in New England, uh, I can't think of anyone that embodied that spirit more than Brady. Uh, and he did so as the highest profile athlete in the region. And you would never know it by his work ethic on the field, especially during practice, pulling guys over to the side, showing them where to be, telling them what to do, being a giving player, uh, being able to support uh, the people that, uh, that, that play with him, including his fellow quarterbacks. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Uh, he definitely worked 
hand in hand with guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarrett Stidham and uh, Cody Kessler. And you see him and Brian Hoyer, obviously he's worked with these guys so well over the course of uh, the last few years. So, in terms of what you're getting in uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I, you are not getting, despite of what people will tell you, you're not getting a guy whose arm is dead or only capable of throwing ducks or, or noodle or anything like that. Brady still has a good amount left in the tank. Uh, is he the Tom Brady of a few years ago? No. But is he still capable of winning you a significant amount of games? Absolutely. And I say that without reservation. I'm so happy you said that, and, and I fully expect to come back to that a little bit. If not, one of one of these other gentlemen will come back to that for me. Um, but hitting on what you kind of just talked about, uh, so Mike, if you go back and listen to this episode after it publishes, obviously you're going to know what you said. So no spoiler alerts. But um, I made like we made like a little special intro for this episode because we like to do that for like you know key moments, and obviously bringing the greatest quarterbacks ever play the game to your team is a key moment. Um, and it starts off, the intro starts off actually with Robert Kraft talking about Tom Brady and what he means to the team and what he means to the franchise as an owner and, and you know, as a businessman. And it, it really kind of resonated with me because during a portion, I mean, obviously you can't see it in the audio, but if you if you go back, our listeners go back and find that clip uh, from the interview, he gets choked up and you can actually hear it, like knowing that he gets choked up in the moment, you can actually hear it in the audio that he gets choked up talking about Tom and it just kind of shows you how much he means to that team and that franchise because the NFL can be a, a very cruel and cold business. Uh, but I like everything you just said there because it, it just immediately took me back to that interview with Robert Kraft. And and it really just kind of de- is demonstrated there from the owner. Uh, but going back to the end of the 2019 season, obviously for you guys, it was in the playoffs, uh, for the Patriots that is, and losing to Tennessee uh, the way that, that they did. I think that's where a lot of this this national or even, you know, there's some people in Tampa who feel like Tom's, not the quarterback that everybody is is kind of expecting him to be. Um, and I think it's because of that, you know, that low QBR, the no touchdowns, the interceptions. Like, um, But in the post-game press conference, uh, Tom was asked a couple times, you know, which reporters, you know, uh, when we're interviewing players, we have to do that kind of stuff. So it, it sucks, but it's part of the job, right? Was asked about his future, right. and he said he wasn't going to talk about it. He wasn't going to think about it. He just stepped off the field. One of the reporters even said, I know you just got off the field. And he said, like you said, we just got off the field. And then the next day, uh, uh, Coach Belichick is, is also noncommittal, saying that, you know, Tom's future is just like everybody else's. We'll figure it out as the time comes. Back in January, did you guys, you know, did you guys have any inkling that this that could have actually been it? I know the, the national media was definitely wondering if that was the last time Tom was going to touch Gillette Stadium. That's, that's actually in the intro as well. But did you guys locally, like, did you have that same sense that this actually could be it? Or was it just kind of, a, yeah, there's going to be some drama, but he's coming back? Well, I mean, you always look at moments like that and say, is this going to be the last time we see Tom Brady in a Patriots uniform? Obviously, the narrative was out there. So you have to think of it. And it's something that is in your consciousness. And it did run through my mind in the press room when I was watching him come to the podium and saying, is this going to be it? Is this going to be the last time that we see him there? I'd be lying to you if I told you that I believe it was going to be the last time I saw him at the Gillette Stadium podium, because ultimately... I believed he would find his way back to Foxborough. I always knew that Tom was not going to be just about the money. It was going to be about the respect. It was going to be about having uh, the right supporting cast around him and the environment where he felt he could win and be the best version of himself that he possibly could be. Um, nationally, I know there was a lot of buzz around Tom Brady's, uh, and I think a lot of that was speculative. I think, uh, some of the national media is very good at being able to spin maybe a narrative and make it sound like a, a factual positive, and they do a very good job of massaging it. But the truth is, gentlemen, that most people did not know what Tom was going to do pretty much right up until yesterday morning. I mean, if we're really being honest, and depending on when this airs, I'm talking about Tuesday morning when he finally announced that he would not be coming back to uh, New England. Uh, I really think this came down to the 11th hour. The people that I've spoken to within the organization uh, fully expected there to be some sort of resolution right up until Tom Brady spoke with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick on Monday evening and informed them of his decision. So um, I, me personally, I, I didn't get the inkling or any type of gut reaction that that was going to be the last uh, image of Tom in a Patriots uniform. But yeah, there's always that thought. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one to take. It, it really and truly is. I think my 
enthusiasm wane just a little bit. Uh, two things. Earlier this week, uh, when you see someone who I respect very uh, much, uh, ESPN's Mike Reese in Boston, uh, express serious doubt about whether or not this could possibly happen. Uh, Mike is probably the most optimistic and the most fair and balanced journalist that I've ever you know, worked with, and he's, he's tremendous at his job. That made me question it a little bit. The other was the franchise tag of Joe Tooney. You had to look at that and say, well, the Patriots are eating up their cap room like crazy. Unless they immediately trade him, what are they going to be able to do to fit Tom Brady under the cap? So it was those two things made me question my stance a little bit. But really, up until yesterday, I, w- I was sure he was returning. Yeah, something just just came across, and I'm I'm interested to hear your take on this. Uh, Mike Freeman of Bleach Report said that one NFC head coach wouldn't name which one said to him that Tom Brady in Tampa Bay is going to be a nightmare for the rest of the league because Tom Brady wants to prove he's responsible for the dynasty quote. That's a dangerous thing for the rest of us. Do you feel like Tom Brady needs to go out and prove that it was him and not Belichick and, and try to shed this? Oh, he's just a system quarterback that is benefiting off of arguably the greatest head coach of all time. Or is this kind of what many have speculated is this this final run isn't about rings for Tom Brady. It's about his ability to still have fun playing the game well into his early to mid-40s. Uh, I think it's all of the above. Uh, I think Mike makes an interesting point. Mike's a good journalist. He's somebody that I admire as well. And that type of narrative, I think, is out there. That Brady wants to prove he can do it without Bill. I think Brady has more self-motivation than any athlete that I've ever seen. And I think that's what drives him. Um, in a column that I wrote for Full Press Covers that I write for yesterday, uh, I described Tom's pursuit of the next one. Uh, he gave an interview uh, very shortly after his first Super Bowl title in New England, where he detailed uh, the equipment manager at the University of Michigan. And he had all these rings uh, from the various conference championships that they had won. And he said, you know what my favorite one is, Tom? The next one. And that absolutely stayed with Tom Brady. And it still stays with him to this day. I think there's motivation that he can do it. I think he wants to prove to people that he's not done, that he's not over the hill, that he's still capable of playing and playing at a high level. Again, is he the player that he was three, four, five years ago? No, he's not. But he's still going to be able to win you games. I do believe that Tampa is really a hand-in-club fit for him. First of all, there's a couple of reasons for that, guys. Bruce Arians is the type of head coach that loves to trust his quarterbacks, and that's something that Tom Brady, I think, will greatly appreciate. Now, a lot of people have mentioned about Arians' desire to air it out a little bit and the deep ball, and, oh, Tom can't throw the deep ball. I think that's a gross misrepresentation, and I'll tell you why. Tom still completed 26 of 67 deep attempts last year, 749 yards, seven touchdowns, and a passer rating of 97.2. That's not going to set the world ablaze, but that's actually a pretty good stat line when you consider what Tom was throwing to. His biggest deep threat last year was Julian Edelman, which is a slot receiver. (laughs) And that's exactly where Edelman is at his best. But that was also his best deep threat last year. Now you're taking a look at the targets that Brady's going to get in Tampa. He's going to have Mike Evans. He's going to have Chris Godwin. He's going to have Rashad Perriman. He's going to have O.J. Howard and Cameron Brady. These are all guys that are capable of being a weapon for Brady, a short yardage weapon for Brady that can get you short yardages in the slot, but also somebody he can air the ball out in, especially with guys like Evans that he hasn't played with in quite some time. So this is really, I think, a hand-in-glove fit for Tom. There might be some questions about the uh, ability of the offensive line to protect him. I expect that that's going to be part of what they'll target now in the second wave a free agency coming up. You're going to see some of these cap casualties. I expect that to be a little bit better. But uh, other than that, I really, I would expect a good year out of Tom Brady this year. And I stopped short of saying a great year simply because, you know, I don't want to jinx the guy, but uh, I have all the confidence in the world in him. If you're going to bet against Tom Brady, that is not a profitable venture, folks. Trust me. Yeah, Mike, to that point on uh, that Mike Freeman made, about Tom wanting to go out and prove that he was responsible for the dynasty. I know it seems like there's been a lot nationwide and and just among probably among fans more and, and some among the media as far as the relationship between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And then there was there was reports or some sort of speculation that there was a rift there and and that's why they're going to go their separate ways. 
But then you read Coach Belichick's statement yesterday when when Tom Brady said that he was leaving New England and nothing but affection, nothing but love. It, it really reading it, you wouldn't think that Bill Belichick wrote it um, just based on his his persona. But is that more a speculation? Is that more just kind of conjecture rather than truth as far as you're concerned, whether there's anything between them that kind of went, went sour toward the end? I wouldn't say there's any type of a rift or di- or discord or any type of acrimony. I will say that at the end of the day, there was a disconnect. The Patriots have a business plan that they've stuck to now for the last 20 years. Because Tom Brady has never been a free agent before, it's never really affected him directly as it did this year. There's always been negotiations about his contract and things that had you know have come up and things that have gone on. Ultimately, they always came to the same type of, uh, of end result. But in this case, I think Tom saw the handwriting on the wall. I think he realized that this was his opportunity to seek free agency. And quite honestly, when the Patriots did not show, I believe the aggression that they should have, and I say that confidently, that's my opinion. Um, I think they should have shown a little bit more aggression in trying to lock Tom up or be able to get a deal done prior to it getting to this point. I think once it passed the point of no return, there was a certain line that Tom Brady was not going to go back from, and that line was crossed. At what point was it crossed? I really don't know for sure. Um, I can tell you that the statements that Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick made about Tom Brady were definitely heartfelt. Uh, the people that I spoke in, spoke to within the organization uh, confirmed that both of these gentlemen have nothing but affection for Tom Brady and nothing but admiration and respect for Tom Brady. And I can tell you that the statements that Brady made were the same in return. He has nothing but respect and love for Bill Belichick and for, uh, for Robert Kraft. I think it got to the point where both sides just realized that this was their time to move on. Brady wants to continue playing. He still has something left in the tank. And in his own mind, he has something left to prove. Now, you mentioned earlier all the accolades and everything that he has. Does he really have anything left to prove? I think to Brady himself, he does. He's still playing that card that I'm the 199th pick in the sixth round. Everybody passed me over. And I think that motivates him year after year. When it doesn't motivate him any longer, I think that's when you'll see him retire. But ultimately, yeah, I don't think there was a real big time uh, rift here in New England. I think there was a disconnect. I think, yeah, there might have been some hurt feelings. I, I definitely don't, uh, you know, discount that. But I think a lot of it was uh, maybe a little bit more embellished for dramatic effect. Ultimately, though, guys, it really doesn't matter. The two sides went their separate ways. Tom now starts over in Tampa, and New England is left here to pick up the pieces and move on. Yeah, it was definitely very, very interesting to get your vantage point on that because I think nationally things do seem to get blown up a little bit as far as, you know, just for dramatization or for whatever reason it is. But you said something there that I was really curious about too, uh, about just this plan that the Patriots always seem to have and how Tom Brady didn't really factor into it until now. And that's why this, this change is to go in their separate ways has happened. Um, And I know there's been a lot that said that, you know, Bill Belichick likes to kind of part ways with players a little bit before he thinks, their career is going to come to an end because he thinks, you know what, they're, they're near the end and you know, it's not going to work anymore. As far as Tom Brady though, and and, I know you've spoken, you think he has a lot left of the tank and I I certainly agree. Do you think that anything throughout the 2019 season or the last couple seasons, maybe point to any signs of slowing down or is that just something that is kind of expected at the age of, you know, 43 before this next season starts? I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be totally honest with you. I mean, has Brady lost a little bit of a step? I mean, there's no question he has. He's 42, going to be 43. He's not the same player he was just a few years ago. But I think a lot of what you're seeing and a lot of what you hear on a national level when it comes to Tom Brady is a lot more to do with the circumstances that he had to play under in 2019 rather than the athlete himself. I mean, we've heard him, oh, well, his receivers couldn't hold on to his passes. Well, that's because in a lot of ways, the receivers that he had were very uh, green or very uh, inexperienced in running the types of routes and in executing the type of plays that a complex New England offense can throw at you. He's not going to have that problem in Tampa Bay. Uh, Bruce Arians is a coach that has coached some of the smartest quarterbacks out there, whether you talk about Peyton Manning or Carson Palmer or Ben Roethlisberger, just to name a few that he's worked with. He is well-versed in being able to deal with star quarterbacks. I can tell you from personal experience that 
if Brady thought he was going to an environment where he was going to know more than the coach or be able to outmaneuver and outthink the coach, he wouldn't be going there. So that tells you the level of respect that he has going uh, for uh, Bruce Arians coming right through the door. I don't see uh, any type of decline in his mechanics. I don't see any type of decline in his uh, ability to read a defense. He's still one of the smartest players out there. You cannot throw anything at Tom Brady that he hasn't seen before. Yes, is there a little bit of a slower step sometimes? Yes, there's no question about it. Does he tuck the ball a little bit more? No pun intended, folks. <laughs> does he you know, cover the ball a little bit more and maybe protect it? Yes, he, he does do that, and there will be reasons for that. I mean, getting hit at 42 is not the same as getting hit at 24 or 25. So he's going to be a little bit more apprehensive when it comes to that. That's the only concern I see in Tampa right now is about the offensive line and it being able to protect Tom but if they can give him the time that they need and if they put the right pieces in place, you know, building off of what is a pretty good offensive line in Tampa, I'm certainly not, uh, you know, disparaging it in any way. But that to me is going to be the key. If you can give him time to pick a defense apart with the supporting cast that he has this year, you're going to see a lot of those numbers, the dropped passes, the missed routes, uh, throwing the ball away, things that happened in 2019 that were uncharacteristic of Tom Brady. You're not going to see that in 2020 in Tampa because he's going to have the players that are capable of making the plays when he needs them. Now, something interesting that I've seen kind of coming up is, is about Tom Brady's legacy. So obviously his time as a new England Patriot, at least, you know, as, as best as we can determine is over. Uh, so, you know, six Super Bowl championships, all the other accolades that you rattled off yourself. I mean, I don't think his place in Patriots history is is threatened by any way, shape or form. But there are people who think that, you know, coming to Tampa and doing this with the Buccaneers could actually damage uh, the the reputation or the, the legacy as, you know, as everybody calls it, your tires. How do you feel about that take that possibility? I mean, what if if this thing turns south, you know, in a hurry and it just it just blows up in everybody's face and just doesn't go well? Do you think that there is a risk that? Tom Brady maybe retires less than the GOAT as everybody's putting him now, or do you think that's pretty pretty well cemented at this point? Yeah, I think it's well cemented at this point, gentlemen. And maybe that's a little bit of a homer talking in me, but objectively, I don't think you can argue with the resume and the success that Tom Brady's had, uh, the amount of years that he's been dominant in this league, and just what he's accomplished, I think right away. Uh, cement him as the greatest quarterback of all time. You can make all the arguments that you want about wins being a quarterback stat or Super Bowl rings or anything like that. You do not achieve the level of success that the New England Patriots have over the course of the last 20 years without a dominant quarterback, without the, in my opinion, the best quarterback of all time. And I think that only going to Tampa Bay and succeeding, which I believe he will do, is only going to enhance that. So I don't think this cheapens his his legacy at all. Even if he comes into Tampa Bay and looks less of himself than he was in New England, I still don't think it does anything to cheapen it. Uh, people that are expecting him to come in there and fall flat on his face, uh, that will not happen. Uh, Tom Brady would not enter a situation unless he felt he was able to contribute and contribute at a high level. Now, will that translate into a Super Bowl championship in Tampa Bay? I wouldn't discount it. <laughs> I would never count Tom Brady out of anything, especially if the right supporting cast is around him and he's capable of playing at the level I still think he can. But even if it's not a Super Bowl title in Tampa Bay and he leads to the playoffs and, and leads by example and is able to carry this team for a couple of years or however long he plays there, um, I think it's only going to enhance his legacy. So no, I, I don't believe his legacy is hurt at all by going to Tampa, it can only go up in my estimation. And I don't think it's ever coming down from where it is. Now, Mike, in, in the realm of Buccaneers fandom, <clears throat> you, you were dealing with a group of, of fans last night at, within an hour of the announcement, there was over 6,100 people in a virtual queue waiting to get season tickets within one hour. It was, it was ridiculous. Let's flip it to the other side now. This is a Boston fan base that, for all intents and purposes, has been completely spoiled lately. But now it, it seems like you know you have the Boston Bruins who were in line to get the the President's Trophy in the NHL. You just saw the Red Sox ship a beloved player in Mookie Betts, as well as World Series hero in 2018. David Price out the door to Los Angeles. Now they've lost Tom Brady. What is the mood 
for Boston sports fans right now. We even saw some photos of people burning Brady jerseys. I mean, I'm I'm I have to assume that's the minority and and people appreciate what he's done for 20 years, but how do Patriots fans feel right now regarding, you know, all this stuff that is happening within Boston sports? Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the burning of the Brady jerseys. Yeah, that is absolutely the minority. I have heard of a couple. I haven't seen that much of that up here, to be honest with you. Uh, the Boston sports fan in general uh, is, uh, I, and I know across the country, they've got a reputation as being a little bit on the arrogant side. I can assure you that that's, that bravado comes from a confidence in their team. It doesn't come from a, and an, it doesn't come from a, a place of uh, any type of, uh, you know, belittling or anything of that nature. Uh, they're a very savvy, very smart, very hardworking fan base that appreciates a hardworking, savvy athlete. And they've had that. They've been very fortunate over the course of the last 20 years to have that in Tom Brady in New England, but really all over New England when it comes to the Red Sox and some of the, the championship clubs that they've had uh, within the past 20 years, breaking the curse of the Ambino, uh, the Boston Bruins finally getting a Stanley Cup after so many years, the Boston Celtics having success and now returning to some level of prominence once sports gets going again uh, in this country. But right now, the mood is, it's somber. I mean, there's no question about it. You don't go through any type of separation from the greatest athlete that anybody in this generation has ever seen take a professional sports field or court and not feel it and not feel that, that level of, of letdown. Uh, Tom is going to be uh, sorely, sorely missed up here in New England. There will be some bandwagon fans that probably jump off because Tom's not going to be here anymore and the team will not be uh, you know, up to the, uh, their, their level of, of excellence or their expectation. But the vast majority of Boston fans will still remain as loyal to the Patriots as they were uh, when they were winning championships and they were hoisting Lombardi trophies and Brady was riding the duck boat in, in Boston. It's just one of those things. It's the next man up. And that mantra is going to be tested by the New England sports fans. Are they going to be able to get behind this team, uh, regardless of who the quarterback will be? I fully expect it. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I know I heard rumors up here last night that uh, season tickets are going to be plummeting and the stands are going to be empty. That won't happen in Boston. Sports is so much of a fabric of this society and the Patriots have become such a fabric of this society that I don't expect fans to uh, go away in droves. They'll still continue to support the team. Uh, if they struggle for a good number of years, you'll probably see that bandwagon get less and less, but ultimately the core fan will continue to support the team. That's just what they do up here in Boston. Yeah. By that same token, I've seen, I've seen Patriots fans say, of course they're staying loyal to the Patriots, but have said, you know, they have so much love and affection for Tom Brady that they're going to, you know, they're going to root for the Bucks and they're going to hope that he does well for Tampa Bay. But you kind of hit, you hinted at it a little bit here as far as the next man up. Um, do you have any kind of inklings or any ideas as far as, you know, what the plan might be or any potential options there could be to replace Tom Brady? Because, I mean, you can't really replace a guy like Tom Brady, but whoever comes in next, you know, is going to have to try to get things off the ground really quickly, um, you know, to, to kind of keep those fans around that might be, a little bit more on the bandwagon side. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, you know, to, to answer your question about uh, uh, the support for Brady, absolutely. There's no question about it. Uh, the outpouring of support that uh, Tom Brady will always continue to receive up here will always be at the highest level. And yeah, you're going to get some Northern Bucks fans that when the Patriots might be struggling or they're not playing the New England Patriots, uh, there's going to be a lot of support for Tampa Bay up here. And rightfully so. We definitely want to see him succeed. And no matter where that is, we want to see him succeed. And, you know, luck would have it. It happens to be Tampa Bay. So uh, we wish that team well this year. But in terms of who the next man up is going to be here in New England, uh, they're keeping it very close to the vest. Officially, they're saying that all options are on the table, uh, which is pretty much what we expect the Patriots to say at this point. But behind the scenes, there is a lot of quiet confidence in Jared Stidham. And we saw that all year long. People that watched the team practice, uh, we watched how they were progressing, uh, some of the ways that they were grooming him to be able to handle 
certain plays, certain looks, things of that nature. Uh, even bringing in Cody Kessler, which I know a lot of people were a little surprised about, but Kessler was responsible for running the scout team, and Jared Stidham stuck to him like glue and studied a lot of what Cody did with the scout team, being able to mimic some of the other quarterbacks. Uh, he's got good arm strength. There's no question about it. He can get the ball up there. Some of the accuracy issues will have to be worked out, obviously, but if he is going to be the guy under center, uh, the Patriots seem to have a good amount of confidence that this kid can, can lead them to some wins. Uh, is he going to lead them to a Super Bowl in his first year? I'd be very surprised, very, very surprised. But then again, 20 years ago, I didn't expect a sixth-round draft pick to replace a legendary quarterback that we thought in Drew Bledsoe and lead them to a Super Bowl in the first year as well. So I do expect them, just my opinion, that they will go with Stidham and see what they have. But if there is a veteran option to be had out there, it would not surprise me to see the Patriots take a flyer on it. Cam Newton, I know a lot of people are talking about that up here. Uh, I still think there's some concerns regarding his health. Uh, which may hinder those talks. So I'm not sure if that's going to be an option for them. The other option is obviously what uh, you know Carolina's price would be. So there's a lot going on. Uh, but uh, right now, it looks to be Jared Stidham until further notice. All right. A big thank you once again from Mike DeBate of the Locked on Patriots podcast. You can find him, of course, on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. Mike Debate F-P-C. Does a great job over at Locked On Patriots and, of course, on uh, full press coverage. So really appreciate him coming on and giving us some insight. And uh, all right, Mr. Decided to Skip Yesterday Show. You have thoughts, don't you? Of course I do. I didn't skip the show. I was laid up with a with a aggravated neck injury that I got while serving for 20 years in the Army. James. I don't believe you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so, yeah, so you guys did a great job. I, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the episode today, uh, obviously reacting to the news that Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had come to an agreement. And I was also very jealous that I wasn't able to give my own thoughts because everybody knows that I have them. So first and foremost, obviously, I'm happy with the move um, because it's something that we've been talking about on the show, uh, something that even though you at one point thought there was 0% chance it was ever going to happen, I certainly thought there was at least some percentage of a chance that it could happen. So I'm happy to report flu. that I was right and you were wrong, no matter what excuse did you make. Um, I was on cold medicine, <laughs> and who's the only one that said that Tom Brady was going to be the Buccaneers quarterback when we predicted who was going where on Monday. That's actually true. So I'll give you credit for that. Um, okay. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Now. So obviously, I mean, I, I just feel like Tom Brady is, is the quarterback that was available that has, that gives the Buccaneers the best chance to win in 2020. That's just the bottom line of it. Now, what it does to 2021, 2022, 2023, I don't know. That's not, you know, it's not part of the equation right now. And, and I know that a lot of Buccaneers fans aren't going to like that, but we've talked about it on, on the show before where that's that's where the difference between being a fan and the difference between being inside the organization comes from. Like Coach Arians, to be quite honest with you, probably isn't worried about what the state of the Buccaneers is going to be in 2024, other than the fact that uh, perhaps one of you know his pupils is the, one of the coaches that he's mentored might very possibly be the head coach of the team. So he cares of, or he cares about what happens to that person's career and, you know, leaving the team in a successful position. But what I would say is, you know, last year, you know, if, if the Buccaneers hadn't have picked up uh, or if it, going into last year, rather, right. If, if you were to tell Buccaneers fans, Hey, after this season, the Buccaneers are moving on from James Winston, no matter what Buccaneers fans would have looked at the landscape and said, well, who are you going to possibly get to play quarterback? And if we said, well, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, that's who you would have said, no, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. And we never would have said that because you never would have foretold that Teddy Bridgewater, Philip, well, Teddy Bridgewater, you might have foretold would be available, but not in the state that he he came available. Uh, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, you know, all these guys, Ryan Tannehill's career is revived. Um, you never would have predicted that all these guys would be available. So, and then you have the draft coming up with all the quarterbacks that are rumored to be in the first round. So, I mean, there are going to be guys every single year. You have free agents that become free agents unexpectedly. You have uh, players in the draft. Again, we're going to talk about the draft coming up. We're going to talk about uh, pre, you know, uh, more areas that need to be filled by the Buccaneers as we get towards training camp. And again, 
nobody was talking about Jordan Love as a 2020. Well, I would say nobody because there's a lot of draft sites now, but nobody here was talking about Jordan Love being a potential first round draft pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in April of last year or in August of last year, even until January of this year. It wasn't even really being talked about. So I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is worry about those things when the time comes. Now, the, the biggest thing is, and obviously my reaction would have been different if it happened yesterday because the news was fresh, but now the news has been out for a little while and people have been reacting about it. And this is kind of the biggest thing I want to talk about is the difference between celebrating the arrival of Tom Brady and the departure of James Winston. And first and foremost, I, t- I said this to somebody on Twitter yesterday. Once I started feeling a little bit better, I was able to actually look at a light without wanting to cut my head open. Um, you know, I tweeted something. It didn't really, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have helped in the moment, you know, so I'm um, sorry, there's nothing better I could give that person. But if, if you're, if you're, if you still wanted Jameis Winston, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to see this quarterback that has all kinds of potential. I think everybody under, agrees that he didn't reach his full potential. It's understandable to want to see if maybe one more year he could have done it. But what I would say is we've seen this franchise. If you've been watching this franchise for any amount of time, which if you're new to the franchise because you're a Tom Brady fi- fan, hi, welcome to the show. But for those of you who have been uh, dealing with the Buccaneers franchise for years and years or decades and decades, you know that this team, this franchise, has gone after big names in the past and came up empty. Uh, Brett Favre and Bill Parcells are probably the two you know biggest examples I can think of off the top of my head. The team went after Brett Favre and came up empty. The team went after Bill Parcells and came up empty. Um, and I think that kind of is is an indicator of just how the franchise was really kind of viewed. You know what I mean? Back then, and even now, there are people who talk about the Buccaneers being one of the least respected uh, franchises in the National Football League. And while I don't necessarily think that's still wrong, I think that in in the last two years, you've gotten one of the most accomplished coaches in the National Football League, a two-time NFL Head Coach of the Year award winner, Super Bowl champion, quarterback whisperer, all that stuff, whatever you want to call him, and Bruce Arians to come out of retirement to coach your team. That's a win. And then this year, you have the greatest quarterback to ever play the game who's coming off of a 4,000-yard passing season with 20-plus touchdowns and fewer – well, I want to say fewer than 10 interceptions. It was very low amount of interceptions um, – wanting to come to your franchise over other franchises like I like no you know the NFL landscape wasn't crawling over each it's it, each other to try to get at Tom Brady granted but there were many fra- there were several franchises who wanted to be involved in that um James we talked about shortly before the the opening of legal tampering about like what it might take for you know the the Patriots to get Tom Brady back and how this whole thing might go and I remember saying that in the way I saw it going is that that it would probably take about 24 hours in because I thought that Tom Brady was basically going to look at the Patriots and say, look, if you can get me some weapons, we can talk. But if you're going to put me out there with Julian Edelman and nothing else, then I'm leaving. And what we saw was the Patriots went after both wide receivers, both big name wide receivers that were traded. They, they went after Stefan Diggs and they went after DeAndre Hopkins. And for whatever reasons, neither of those teams, the Houston Texans and Minnesota Vikings wanted to deal with the New England Patriots either because of uh, what they were going to get back or for whatever, whatever other reasons. So to me, that honestly says that that's probably what, what happened is that Tom said, look, if you can go make some deals and you can go get some, some, some receivers and some weapons for me, then maybe we can talk about me coming back. But until then I'm not interested because we, we saw, you know, during free agency frenzy on the NFL network and all that stuff. And Ian Rapport and those guys were talking about how there'd been very little conversation between the Patriots and, and Tom Brady during the legal tampering window. But behind the scenes, the Patriots were out there, you know, they probably did tag Joe Tooney and try to trade him to to Houston for DeAndre Hopkins or to Minnesota in a package. And it just didn't work out. And once it didn't work out, right, we came back on the show and what we say, he's probably going to sleep on it, wake up in the morning with the same decision in his brain to see if he's comfortable with it. Well, what happened? He woke up the next morning and at nine o'clock in the morning, there's his announcement to the entire world that he's no longer going to be a New England Patriot quarterback. So everything kind of fell in place the way that you could, you know, logically see it falling in place. And the end result is the again the best quarterback to play his game. Uh, just like Mike said, he's not the 2012 whatever version of Tom Brady, but he's still the best, most accomplished quarterback to ever play this game. Wants to play for your franchise this team, having respect or this franchise being respected on the national level. This is a guy who's been playing on prime time almost weekly. It seems this is a guy with multiple MVPs, more Super Bowl appearances than anybody can can really count, more Super Bowl championships, and he chose you. 
he chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he chose this franchise and he chose this fan base. And you guys should feel proud about that. You can celebrate that and still mourn the fact that it appears we'll never see with Jameis Winston could have reached his, his peak under Bruce Arians. You can do both of those things and you can celebrate Tom Brady without being disrespectful to Jameis Winston. Uh, and you can wish Jameis Winston stayed without being disrespectful to Tom Brady. So I would just, again, you know, it's, it's good news. It's, it's a good thing because at a minimum, your team leadership, the person they saw as giving this franchise the best chance to give all of you what you want, which is postseason football and the chance to win a Super Bowl, they got that. They went for it, and they got it. That's never a bad thing. We have no idea how it's going to work out. Tom Brady hasn't missed a single game due to injury since he tore his ACL. So his injury history is immaculate. But I, I will tell you that uh, I looked up earlier injury, injured reserve reports. There were eight players in the National Football League. There were over 400 players that hit injured reserve last year. Eight of them hit injured reserve in the month of May. All of them were under the age of 30. That doesn't mean that only guys under the age of 30 hit IR in May. What it means is anybody can get it. So yes, Tom Brady can get hurt. Yes, Jameis Winston could get hurt. You can't predict those things. What you have, what you can, what you can operate off of is you have a quarterback that has a 4,000 yard, is coming off a 4,000 yard season, has had a 4,000 yard passing season every year for the past decade, except for the year he was suspended for four games. And in that year, in 12 games, he threw for 3,500 yards. That's your quarterback. That's not a negative. That's not a bad thing. Um, again, if you're upset that Jameis left, that's fine, guys. But do yourself a favor and enjoy the fact that the most coveted free agent, the most high-profile free agent in the National Football League, the best quarterback in the National Football League, chose your team over everybody else's because that's what you got. I would say that was uh, that was pretty well said. Aside from the, the early shots that you took at me, I uh... – I, I enjoyed that, David. Thank you very much. Those were thoughts that you had. <laughs> <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Bailey Adams is on this podcast. Analysis yep. like that, can't get unrivaled. Unrivaled. Hey, hey, he prefaced it with saying, I have some thoughts. So I, I just wanted to confirm <laughs> that he did, in fact, have those thoughts. Yep. Hashtag sources. My, sauces. my sauces tell me. <laughs> sauces. My sauce that I'm hungry. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think that's going to about do it for this episode. Any, uh, any parting thoughts as, as we are recording this, there still obviously has not been any kind of official announcement. We know that the NFL and the players are dealing with the fact that guys can't go to the facilities. They can't sign contracts, take physicals, all that. Some NFL Twitter accounts have, have, gone around this little loophole that they've found and are doing an excellent job on social media. Looking at you, Bucks. You guys have been so good on social media. We need we need a little bit of that going on. But as of recording this at 7.34 p.m. Eastern Time, there has been no official announcement from the Buccaneers or Tom Brady, but... We've heard from Ian Rappaport. The deal is done. They have all the language worked out in the contract. It's all ready to go, and it is happening. I know I, I did see some people on Twitter saying the longer we go without any kind of formal announcement, the more they feel like it is going to end up being a Bill Parcells or a Brett Favre or a Steve Spurrier or even a Chip Kelly kind of situation where all of a sudden something's going to happen and the bottom's going to fall out and it'll be a, a complete disaster. So no, the deal is done. We just can't get any kind of official word until all of this coronavirus stuff is, uh, is over with. Yeah. I mean, who knows when that will be, but as for right now, I'm hoping the bucks, you know, put out an official announcement of working around the, you know, the rules the NFL have set in place. I actually just turned on, tweet notifications for Tom Brady because I'm kind of feeling like he's going to be the one to to announce hey I'm signing with the Bucks. He doesn't have to say I signed because if he hasn't signed the contract or done the physical yet whatever but he can make his intentions known and say hey I'm signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
basically like everyone says, like why I joined the athletic, you can just say why I joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There you go. They're probably mailing him his jersey so that he can wear it or show it on his Instagram post announcing his agreement. That mm. would be cool. I would enjoy that. Yeah. That is a thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah, right. another thought that I had. Another thought that you did indeed have. But hey, I did see that they're they're shutting down what was it, Clearwater Beach? Finally. Yeah, only for five days. Uh, that's not <laughs> long not enough. Gonna, you guys want to? You guys want to expand on my thoughts about the backup quarterback position? I don't think we have enough time for that. That's that's another hour conversation. I think you know, fun. <laughs> Probably be better for you to save that when I'm not on the show. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> well, David won't do lone like shows with just me, so I don't know. Maybe that's just going to have to be a, a post that he does. Oh. I, I can't. I can't write that. I could write it. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, we will be back tomorrow trying to tackle more of your voicemails. Because like I said, you guys, I mean, you, we don't really have 74 of them, but we do have a lot. You guys flooded our inbox with voicemails about the move for Tom Brady. But hey. The more the merrier, so continue to do so by giving us a call at 813-444-5841. Make sure you're keeping it locked on BucksNation.com for the latest on free agency, Tom Brady, everything. We, We have you covered over there. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at locked on bucks at Jarko underscore bucks at DH 82 underscore bucks at Bailey J Adams 22 and at bucks underscore nation. Once again, thank you to Mike debate of locked on Patriots for jumping on the show. Really appreciate some of his time and Tyler. Thanks for the idea, buddy. Appreciate you. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.